As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Hello again, Broncos country, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. It feels good to be able to talk about the Broncos after coming off of two huge wins against playoff-bound teams in the AFC, and now we're getting to go into another team who is, I'd say, probably not playoff-bound. They have a very porous defense, and now a backup quarterback in Jeff Driscoll. The Cincinnati Bengals are our next opponent. Listen in while Matt and myself break down exactly what you can expect from the game, as well as what we are expecting from other games around the league and how we feel this league is going so far. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Orange, man. I'm rocking orange, man. Welcome back, Broncos country. Once again, we're coming off of a huge win, and man, does it feel good. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the greatest co-host in podcast history. If you ask me, Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing much better now after these beautiful compliments. I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep going with them as long as I'm uh, calling out the Broncos' wins while That's you're fine. calling them to lose. That's fine. You know what? We'll keep the trend going. Then I was blown away at how the Broncos just came out and beat the Steelers like that. That was a huge win. Yeah, and I have a little bit of a confession to make. So I, as as you know, I'm moving into my new house, and I actually didn't get to see any of the game. Um, I I had to listen to. A lot of it on the radio. I, I I saw a couple plays here and there. I actually saw that 97-yard touchdown pass live. Made me really sick to my stomach. But um, I had, I actually went back and watched the game afterward on NFL Rewind and um, on the NFL Network. And I, while I was watching, I've never done that before. I've never watched the game after the fact knowing how, how we did. And while I was watching it, all the way up until like the late third quarter, I was asking myself how we won that game. Oh, yeah. It was grit and just, you know, resiliency and, and momentum. And they made the most out of their opportunities. Like the game ended really with an interception for the Broncos in the end zone. That's just being at the right place at the right time. That's knowing your responsibilities. And that's just playing to the end of the game. So, you know, I think there's a new energy here with the Broncos. Two big wins like this in a row. It's uh, it's very promising, especially with the, the next, you know, three, four games as being a pretty soft schedule. Like it's this is really good for the Broncos. Right, and that game honestly reminded me more of our Super Bowl 50 season than any other game we've played in the last two years. Oh, interesting. Just just the offense did what they needed to do to score a couple times, and the defense did everything that they could do to keep the other team out of the end zone and cause turnovers and force turnovers, and that's exactly what they did. They, they stepped up. I mean, you look at the yardages, though. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger still threw all over the field on us. For sure. Um, and, and the one thing I want to mention too, I don't want to be too negative about a, obviously a win against the Super Bowl caliber or a Super Bowl caliber, I guess. Yeah, playoff caliber team is um, there was a couple times other they they caught the ninety seven yard touchdowns, but there was three other scenarios where they threw that exact same pass down the sideline and they dropped it. Yeah, either it was a little overthrown or or the receiver just dropped it. So we got lucky a couple times, but I mean. You know, knocking the ball out of the tight end as he's running into the end zone to get the ball back on the one yard line. That there was just a, a few things that our defense just stepped up when they needed to, and obviously the big Shelby Harris pick. Yeah, no, that's um, it. It made a really big difference, and you know what else made a difference in this last three weeks? Case Keenum has not thrown an interception. You know, yeah. he's finally got off this interception thing. So against Houston, they you know they barely lost this game, no picks. Chargers, no picks, they win. Pittsburgh, no picks, they win. So this is a 
pretty common thread, I think. You know, as long as Case Keenum is throwing more touchdowns and interceptions of games, they've got good chances of winning, um, especially this late in the season. So kudos to Keenum for finally getting that resolved. And he's, uh, he's, I think he's finally back to his form that the Broncos really wanted him at earlier this year. So he can only get better from here on out. Absolutely. We, we mentioned a couple times that, that Case Keenum is a great game manager. You know, guys like Alex Smith, Case Keenum, these guys are game managers, and that's what our whole offense is built around. So when you have the defense step up the way it did against Pittsburgh, and you win the turnover battle, which we dominated the turnover battle in that game, you win games. And that's how our system has is supposed to play out, and that's finally getting to see what it actually looks like in, in practice as well. Absolutely. It was a really good game. Really happy to see the Broncos win. and They're still in the hunt for the playoffs too, which is amazing. They just got to keep this momentum going. They are. And you look at our schedule going forward, it looks doable. And I've been saying it over and over. We're going 6-0 after the bye week. And so far we're 2-0. We just got to take every game as if it's our last. And every game's a playoff game. I know you'd mentioned this before. So, But now we're going into, and we can get into talking about a very beat up and just distraught Cincinnati Bengals Oh yeah, they are uh, they are just looking for the worst right now. It's not a good situation in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's, I I find it funny that uh, you know Hugh Jackson goes over there from Cleveland after having such terrible seasons in Cleveland, and almost immediately upon getting there, loses their star quarterback. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's it's something that you just can't put. I mean, this it's movie like. You just cannot put this into into words. The situation that they have going on over there, really, you really can't. Because like Hugh Jackson, he was the head coach of the Browns, right? So he knew the offense, he knew the defense. He goes over to the Bengals, and they get crushed, thirty-five to seven at one point. They had a couple like garbage touchdowns at the end there, but you know, thirty-five to seven, one point in your game. You know, clearly Hugh Jackson did not have any impact on uh, on the Bengals, and whatever information he did give them, would just backfired on him. So. You know, it's, it's a pretty rough situation with the Bengals, especially that Andy Dalton is now out for the year. A.J. Green still hasn't played in a couple weeks. Uh, it's it's just not looking good overall. Yeah, it's it's it sucks because, you know, I, I don't hate the Bengals. It's, they're never a team that I've really just, like, really uh, been frustrated with. But they are a 5-6 and six team, just like we are. But their, most of their losses have come towards this end of the season as A.J. Green has been questionable pretty much every other game at this point. They've won their first, you know, four out of five games. They're four and one at one point. People were talking about Bengals as being a top team in the AFC at some point. But after that, it's loss to Steelers, lot, huge loss to Chiefs, forty-five to ten, and then tight win against the Buccaneers, thirty-seven thirty-four, and then they got crushed by the Saints, fifty-one fourteen. You know, twenty-four to twenty-one against the Ravens, and now thirty-five twenty against the Bengals, and they lost their star quarterback. You know, if I'm the Broncos. I'm lining up to have maybe the game of the season right now because they, you know, they're in the position, especially their defense, in the position to be extremely dominant, especially in this playoff hunt. So this could be uh, the game to go to six and six, and you know, aim to be as high as they can in this division and uh, in this conference. Yeah, and before the Andy Dalton injury, it looked like it was a fight between Broncos and Bengals, being those last yeah. seeds trying to fight up for those spots and. So this could be a statement game for the Broncos. I think that's what we need is we need one of these big, what did New Orleans beat them, 51-14. Now, I don't think we're going to put up 51 points on them, but we need a big, solid, not last-minute win to show that we're ready to make a playoff push. And it, it, it's going to come against a, a team who's lost their number one quarterback and is now playing their backup. Mm. Yeah, a young backup at that. So it's going to be... a. It's going to be a tough challenge for this guy coming up against a big Broncos defense. Um, you know, the one advantage they have is they're playing at home. and uh, But otherwise, it's that's about it. Their secondary is not playing very well either. And it's just, oh, it's it's tough all around for the Bengals right now. I, you know, I, I think the issue personally lies within the coaching staff and the management of this team. Marvin Lewis has been ineffective for just too long. Um, you know, he's, he's it's, there's a point where he made the playoffs like, what, four or five years in a row, but they never won a game. You know, and it's like, at what point do you just keep riding this horse, right? If it just never really takes you where you want to go with it. There needs to be a change with the Bengals because they're a very promising organization, but they're run just so poorly. It's it's heartbreaking to see, you know, guys like A.J. Green and, and, and Joe Mixon and even Andy Dalton, like they never really get over this hump of mediocrity. Right. It, it's frustrating, too, because at one point they were a very dominant team oh, yeah. and, and I like Andy Dalton as a quarterback too and I, I you just hate to see that happen to such a such a good talent and you know you know who they kind of remind me of is like the Detroit Lions 
where they have these this great quarterback, they have this great receiver, but they just cannot put it together and figure out how to win games enough to get him to a point where they could be talked about for its possible Super Bowl team. And it's just it, – it, it does suck for them and it's frustrating for them, but – in this case, it's good for us. Uh, I was also just looking real quick. I was looking at their their injury report, at least from this last week. So they have uh, two offensive tackles that are questionable uh, on their offensive line, which is huge for us. Um, and then you talked about their secondary being just porous. Uh, Drake Kirkpatrick has been injured for the last couple of weeks as well, yeah. and he's he's questionable coming in today. And he's their shutdown corner. He's their number one. That's like us losing Chris Harris. Like, yeah, um, we it it would just be devastating for us with this already as low. Uh, numbers or I guess high numbers people are putting up against us uh, it'd be it'd be rough to lose that kind of guy and that's and that's the reason they're not doing very well and on the offensive side of the ball they haven't been doing anything because of the AJ Green injury yeah if any of these kind of guys come back you think if Drake Kirkpatrick or AJ Green somehow miraculously make it better uh, do you think they have a, a better fighting chance against us um you know with with AJ Green around I think that uh, there's always a bit of an advantage uh, however you know Jeff sorry, Jeff Driscoll is it's a third-year guy. Um, you know, he he played okay in his uh, his relief with um, with his Browns game, uh, but again, it was like garbage time. So you know, the the Browns defense is a bit more relaxed and allowing some of the media plays to happen. But you know, I don't know. With a backup quarterback in midseason like this, it just drains the momentum of a team and the the sort of ambition they may have. So it's. It's really hard to tell if Kirkpatrick and A.J. Green just somehow make it. I think it helps them a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, the Broncos still do have the major advantage in this game here, even though they're on the road and and, and they're coming in as, as the road team there. But, uh, yeah, like I, I don't even know what to say. You know, I'm trying to give some, some hope to the Bengals fans. But, yeah, not this week, I don't think. I think yeah. the season's a little bit uh, prematurely done for the Bengals. Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, the momentum and the motivation and – I know a lot of Broncos fans are feeling a little bit more hope and excitement going for through the rest of the season because, I mean, going into that bye week after losing uh, to the Texans the way we did uh, and and just going into that bye week having six losses already, I, I think there was a huge issue with our momentum and our momentum was feeling down because we just had a terrible first half of the season. Now we're coming back towards the second half of the season. We're winning two games against playoff caliber teams and we're, we're feeling it. The difference is in this game is they're on the opposite end of that. They're in that momentum of coming off of a, a loss against a, a not so great team, and they're just feeling it. They they have to be that that locker room is not motivated right now. Oh, definitely, and it's not just this Browns loss. You know, two weeks before it's a big loss to the Saints, and two weeks before that it's a big loss to the Chiefs. So it's you know they've they, basically these last couple of weeks it's been big loss and then you know very tight win big loss very tight win big loss and so you'd expect based on this trend to have you know a competitive game here against the Broncos but with these injuries you know unfortunately I don't think that's going to happen I think the Bengals uh, you know they should be playing as hard as they can but the Broncos definitely have the advantage here I'm repeating Absolutely. myself but I don't really know how else to put it you know. <laughs> well, let's look at the numbers. Now, I don't want to talk about passing numbers for the Bengals because those are kind of thrown out the window now with Jeff Driscoll being the starting um, starting quarterback. But uh, rushing yards, they're not rushing very well. And they have yeah, a very yeah. talented running back in Joe Mixon. And he's he has the capability to be their star guy. And they're just not using him the way that I think that they need to. But I, I think in this game, they're going to they're gonna have to. They're going to have to lean on him to carry this entire offense uh, into into whatever they could possibly throw together. Absolutely, and r- right now they're ranked at number twenty eighth in rushing uh, yards per game at ninety three point five. And uh, Mixon is a big talent. Like I don't know why they don't lean on him more and really base this offense off of his capabilities. I guess it's you know it's a lot easier said than done. Uh, but nonetheless, this year he's got five touchdowns. He's got six hundred seventy yards. He's averaging about seventy five yards a game, which is you know really not bad. Um, but you know he's underutilized. I think they try to pass a lot with this team, and I just you know I think they're no they're not wasting Joe Mixon. He's only in his second year here, but uh, they need to use right. him a lot more. That's going to give at least their offense stability. Now I think that with this game coming up, they will use Joe Mixon a lot more and Giovanni Bernard and whoever else is going to be running this ball. Um, so 
you know, I think he's finally going to get his chance to be the center center point of the offense. If they make Joe, uh, sorry, Jeff Driscoll pass like 50 times, I think that's just, you know, they're shooting themselves in the foot. But, um, you know, if Joe Mixon does really well this upcoming game and the rest of the year, I mean, uh, it could be a good illustration of the future for the, the Bengals. You know, there's there's a lot of hope in this player. He's young and he's very physical runner and he's very, very, he's got a very high ceiling. Uh, so it's, you know, the, the potential's all there. It's just, like I said before, this team is very mismanaged and he's being really underutilized. So there's only so much that we can do as fans. But, uh, yeah, sorry, Bengals. Yeah, yeah, like you said, too, I think the the running game is going to be need to be the focal point probably going through the rest of this game. Unless mm-hmm. for some reason Joe or uh, Drixel comes out and shows out and throws for 300 yards against us, which I don't see happening and I hope oh. it doesn't happen. Good Lord. I'd be so mad. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be tough. And, I mean, you never know, right? With these, with these young quarterbacks yeah. sitting behind the bench, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. This guy could be, you know, the future of Cincinnati for all we know. Um, I don't think so, but uh, he could be, you know, Right. And, and honestly, it's that next man dump mentality. I mean, yeah. he needs to show out. And if he wants to be a, a quarterback in this league, he's going to need to have a good game, at least a couple. I mean, he's got the rest of the season to show out. And I hope it's not against us. But he does. He does have a lot to show for. And he has a lot to go in for him. So he's going to need to really step up his game. But let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, you have a new quarterback. If you're a defensive coordinator, you have a new quarterback. They're without their let's just say that they're without A.J. Green. They're without their number one receiver. How do you how do you pressure the quarterback to make him make the mistakes that, that young quarterbacks are prone to make? Oh, you do what you've been doing for the past couple of weeks and you use your Von Miller and your Bradley Chubb and your Shane Ray. And, and I think Shaq Barrett's hurt, right? He's, he's out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's uh, I'll have to look that up. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I believe he's hurt, but I think you just use your pass rushers. You play the exact same defense you've been playing all year. You just come in with pressure. You mix up your looks a little bit and you do everything you can to confuse this young quarterback. Uh, you know, he, he's been watching tape. He's going to be as mentally prepared as he can be, but there's uh, an experiential, you know, uh, uh, let me start that over. He's, he's watching tape. He's preparing himself mentally, but there's the experience there that's that's lacking. I think the Broncos should really take advantage of. If they disguise their looks, you know, they show zone, they come into man or vice versa, I think that should be enough to at least slow him down a little bit. And then when he's a bit slower, you got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb coming off the edge that can make his day a living nightmare. And um, with Cordy Glenn, too, I think he's questionable for this upcoming game. So if you lose your your, your best tackle, that's just, you know, that's just signs for a bad day. So it's going to really depend on this pass rush. It's been working these past couple of weeks. Um, they played really well against uh, Roethlisberger with a couple picks. And, you know, I think they just need to keep this rolling. They just need to keep executing and, and playing the way they've been playing. And they can't fall down to the level of the Bengals either. You know, Broncos have been a bit afflicted in that sense where they, they play down to some teams. And they just need to play up to uh, the same level they were playing in these last couple of weeks. And they should be able to just take advantage of Driscoll and, and the rest of this Bengals team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. And I just looked it up. Shaq Barrett is out. Looks like three to four weeks suffered against the Pittsburgh game uh, due to a hip flexor. So mm-hmm. that is unfortunate for the Broncos defense. He is a pretty good run stopper and, and you know, one of our, our core guys there on the inside linebacker. But that gives chances for guys like Josie Jewell to step up. You know, we, we, we've seen a lot of a lot of things in him, and I think he could really step up and be that main inside linebacker to stop guys like Mixon. I agree with you. I think our defensive line alone, we have very strong inside uh, defensive tackles that can stop the uh, stop the run and, and slow down anything going on the inside. And obviously we have two of the best pass rushers in Bradley Chubb and uh, Von Miller on the outside to be able to stop it going to the outside. So they're, they're going to have a really hard time running it against us. And then they're obviously going to have a tough time. If they put themselves into situations, must pass situations, they're going to have a really really tough time against us, especially with that young quarterback. I, I, but I agree with you. I think it's that uh, that man press coverage is, is the big point for me is we need to go back to that man press coverage to throw off the timing because you know that those coaches are working with this young quarterback on his timing with his receivers because he hasn't been able to practice with these guys. So we need to throw off that timing, which will frustrate him. It'll fluster him, which gives him that half a second that he has to hesitate will give time for Bradley Chubb and Von Miller to come in. And obviously we're expecting big games from those two guys. Big on time. Sunday. Yeah, big time, especially if uh, Cordy Glenn's hurt. 
Um, on the flip side too, like uh, Cincinnati's offense is ranked 30, sorry, Cincinnati's defense, my mistake, is ranked 31st in passing yards. And it's, uh, yeah, so that's a pretty bad situation. And they're also ranked um, 31st in rushing yards. So, you know, Philip Lindsay, I'm starting him in my fantasy league this year, as everybody else should. <laughs> um, and same with Case Keenum. Case Keenum should have the game of the season right now. He's off three straight weeks without interception. He should keep this rolling, and he should be able to put up big numbers against uh, against the Cincinnati team. So, you know, everything right now is looking really positive for the Broncos. Like, you know, this may be a week where I pick the Broncos to win. You know, that's a pretty rare thing for me. <laughs> this, this might be one of the weeks. Hey, if you pick them to win and they lose, you're never allowed to pick them to win again. <laughs> Even if they play when, – whenever they play the Raiders, I have to pick the Raiders, eh? Yeah, yeah, you have to pick yeah. the Raiders. There's no option there. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta sacrifice my own integrity for the Broncos to win. I'm okay to do that. You know what? I'll take, I'll take one for the team. Take one for the team. There we yeah. go. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's, I think it's a, a perfectly uh, reasonable to expect both those guys to have huge games. Uh, I didn't know that they were 31st against the run and 30th against the pass. That is by far the worst defense in the league. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really bad. It's a bad situation. I was. Um, I was reading an article in this game too, just just preparing for this little podcast, and and they were talking about how you know in, in situations the Bengals would drop eight defenders to come and cover uh, cover deep balls, and, and Baker Mayfield would would find Antonio Callaway just wide open. Yeah. You know, eight defenders back there, and you you find an open receiver. That's that's yeah. just garbage. Like I'm sorry, but that's really bad. That should not happen. So if your prevent defense has that many holes in it. You know your standard defense will just just be the same kind of situation. Uh, you know it's it's this whole overall thing right now with the Bengals that just isn't uh, isn't going very well. It's 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 sad to see because this this organization has just been you know time and time again. It starts the season really well. They were four and one at one point, looking really promising, and now they're five and six. Like you know that's yeah. that's heartbreaking. Yeah, and for those listeners that don't understand how unreal it is to find an open receiver if they're dropping eight guys in coverage at any given point an offense can only send out five receivers that's the max amount of receivers that you can send out if they're dropping eight in coverage they have almost everybody double teamed except for maybe one or two guys and they still find and not only open but wide open in the end zone for for a pass and uh how how you can do that that just is obviously either some sort of confusion on the defense or just bad play or bad reaction time or whatever the case is. But that's everybody was double teamed and he still found an open receiver. That shows exactly, exactly what's wrong with the Bengals defense. And I think that that's the one thing that can probably sum up the entire season for them. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, I say it again, I think it really comes with the, the coaching staff. They fired their defensive coordinator a few weeks ago and Marvin Lewis take over the uh, he's taken over the play calling duties, which that's not necessarily going to improve a defense. You know, when the head coach has to take over something, that, number one, means that the positional coaches aren't at the level of play calling, which is, you know, sad to see. Like, there's other teams where, um, take the Browns, for example. You know, they fired Hugh Jackson and they fired Todd Haley, and it was like the next man up who came in. It was Fred Kitchens, his name, the uh, offensive yep. coordinator position, and he's been killing it since he's been in there. And oh, then um, Greg Williams takes over the head coaching position, and same thing. Like, they've been doing – like the, the Browns have been getting better since losing these two coaches. And the, the Bengals, they fired their defensive coordinator after these bad games. And, you know, Marvin Lewis is going to take over the play calling duties. Like, well, what's what's your linebacker coach doing? You know, Jim Haslett, what's, uh, what's your defensive line coach doing? Jacob Bernie, like, where are these guys to do the play calling, to, to, to step up in, on this defense? So I think leadership across the board has got to be questioned. Um, offensively, Bill Lazor, I mean, he's had some success in this league, but it's, you know, I would love to see a complete new start for the Bengals in terms of coaching staff this offseason. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be the excuse of, like, well, Andy Dalton got hurt. It's not Marvin Lewis's fault. We'll keep him on for another year. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, Andy Dalton will be better next year. And then we'll go and we'll uh, we'll keep playing, trying for the playoffs. So it's like the same thing over and over again, which is just so frustrating. You know, some teams might change their coaches too much, like the Browns, but some teams don't do it enough, like the Bengals. Oh, yeah. So it's... It's it's a weird situation they're in right now, and it's it's not that surprising that they're so mediocre and they have been for so long, just given the the mismanagement. Yeah, and I know this is switching gears a little bit, but talking about that coaching situation in Cincinnati, uh, it it brings up that there's a lot of coaches on the hot seat this year that are tenured. 
They are guys that have been with their team for years and years and years, and they're on the hot seat. Harbaugh over in Baltimore is yeah. on the hot seat. They talk about maybe him being let go. They're talking about Pete Carroll in Seattle. Both those guys won Super Bowls with their team, and they're both on the hot seat for being let go. I would not be surprised if uh, if Marvin Lewis was also right there with them. Well, and I, really I know that he's so. been there forever, but uh, you know this might be one of the biggest coaching carousel off seasons we've seen in years. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool to see. I mean, I, I'd be pretty surprised if Pete, uh, Pete Carroll doesn't get at least another year. Uh, the Seahawks, um, you know, they're they're still doing well. They've got a winning record, and they're, they're yeah, performing they're still the best for they can. Yeah, they really are. I mean, like they they completely redid their defense this off season. So of course, there's going to be a year of struggling there. Um, Harbaugh, not as surprised. The Ravens have been very bleh for the past couple of years. Um, ever since they winning the Super Bowl, Joe Flacco is probably the most boring human being in the NFL, and he was <laughs> playing like it too for the past like couple of years. And now with Lamar Jackson coming in. They've won two games here with Lamar Jackson behind center. So right. I think he's going to be the, the remaining starter for the year. But, yeah, I think Harbaugh's a little premature as well. I You know, I wouldn't be surprised, though. Like, they, there's a new GM coming into place. He might want his new coach, and it's just a culture thing. And it would be one of these situations where it's like, thanks for doing everything. We're just changing the culture. You know, you'll be fine. And, and Harbaugh, I'm sure, would be okay with it, too. Maybe he'll go and coach the Bengals, you know. Maybe he'll come around, and maybe he'll coach the Broncos. Who knows, right? That's what that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping he comes and coaches the Broncos. That's the that's the plan. That'd be pretty um, cool. Let's let's switch back a little bit. Let's uh let's talk about our prediction for this upcoming game. We we both said that the Cincinnati Bengals are just hot garbage on defense, <laughs> and our offense has looked like hot garbage at times. And I think this is the statement game that we need. Arizona was a statement game that we couldn't follow up on. This is the statement game we need after playing two good games we need to show that we don't play down to our opponents um what is your expected uh score for this game um good question i'm picking the broncos to win this one on the road and i think it's going to be uh you know broncos earn a huge play offense like you know the most points they scored this year was 45 against the cardinals but everybody's scoring 45 against the cardinals so that's not uh, <laughs> nothing special um i think they're going to stick to what they've been doing recently and they're going to win 27 to uh, 17 so a good it's not a last minute win but we'd no. still uh it's a dominant win, and I think that uh, the fourth quarter will be more about time management and running the ball and keeping the, the ball out of the, uh, the hands of the Bengals, and they're just going to ride this game out. I think they get a lead early enough, and they just assert their dominance on the road. Yeah. I'm, I'm more worried about putting up 17 points against that back, a young backup quarterback. And they have Joe Mixon, but they're just a beat-up offense too. So yeah. I hope they don't put up 17 points on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that being said, I think uh, with their defensive woes, their offensive struggles, and their injuries, I just don't don't see them coming out with anything more than ten points in this game. So, I think I'm going to say it's going to be uh, twenty eight to ten. I think is going to be the final score, and I think. The only reason we don't score more than 28 is because we let off the pedal a little bit. I would not be surprised if we pass very heavy in the first quarter, go up pretty heavy, and then just rely on that run game in the second half and, uh, you know, rotate some all three of our running backs in there. You're probably going to see a good equal amount of touches between Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, and I'd even say Devontae Booker gets a few touches in this game. That's, uh, that's a good way to, to predict this game. I think, I think Philip Lindsay is going to be a star in this game too. I think he's going to be a matchup nightmare with the linebackers. And he's just going to be on the ground in the air. He's going to be a big player here. I'm saying that too because he's on my fantasy team. So like I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm really holding on hope. And I'm also starting the Broncos defense. So uh, it's yeah, you know what? It's it's looking good. I've won four straight games here in fantasy. Uh, I was like I was at the bottom of my league, and now I'm right in the middle. So it's looking good, Jared. It's looking good for every for yeah. Broncos for me. I'm sure for you as well. Like it's. You know, <laughs> Things are just getting better for everyone. It's good all around. I feel like it's just win-win-wins all around. Yeah, 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 it really is. Before we continue on with the rest of the show, let's go ahead and bring it over to our uh, Orange Weekly cohorts and see what they have to say and what their expectations are for this upcoming game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Take it away, guys. Hey, guys. Kev Dan here, and man, was last week fantastic. 
fantastic to watch or what. I uh, loved that game. They were looking phenomenal. Everything's kind of going on all cylinders right now. Vance Joseph probably called his best game ever, if not maybe his second best since taking over for the, uh, the Broncos head coach position there. But you know what? We're on to Cincinnati, as, as Von Miller says. Uh, look, Cincinnati has the 31, uh, 31st ranked run defense. Here's what. Here's my crazy prediction for this week, guys. Philip Lindsay is going to go off. I am going to say he rushes for over 200 yards, three touchdowns. I'm saying three touchdowns for Philip Lindsay. Broncos are going to win 27 to 17. There you go, guys. Take care and go Broncos. Broncos country. This is David with the beers, Broncos, and no BS show. Big win at Pittsburgh last week. I know I predicted a loss. That's my bad. Nobody's happier to be proven wrong than I am. Um, but I'm glad to predict this week that we are going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that we should beat by a whole ton. But I don't think that we're quite there yet as a team. I think it's going to be a little bit closer to 25-20. That's what I said in the beers, Broncos, and no BS show if you caught it this week. So I'm sticking with that. 25-20 Denver. And as always, go Broncos. Hello Broncos fans, this is Jay from Orange Weekly After Dark. A big time win against the Pittsburgh Steelers to keep the Broncos playoff hopes alive. Expect every game from here on out to be a big one with playoff implications and playoff mentality is played by every team from here on out. Therefore, it's going to be a tough battle against the Cincinnati Bengals. Expect the Bengals to bring their A game, not to their game that they played against the uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, just because they lost to the Browns does not mean it's going to be an easy game for the Broncos to walk in and just steal this one on the road. So I do expect the Broncos to be able to take this win away from the Bengals late in the game. So I'm going to give the Broncos a victory here. Uh, we'll say 27-21 to 21 Denver Broncos win. All right, thank you to the Orange Weekly staff. We really appreciate that. And uh, I do want to mention that Kevin, Kev Dan, was the closest last week predicting. Uh, I think he predicted 21-23, which was the closest of all the predictions. So I'll give it to him. And I, I do believe he changed his prediction right before the game when he did the tailgate talk. If you guys are uh, following us on Facebook right before the games, a couple hours before the game, they do tailgate talk on Get Vocal. Uh, I'm pretty sure he predicted the exact same score uh, he predicted that 17-23. So good job, Kev Dan, and uh, en enjoy it while it lasts because it probably won't last long. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's go ahead and we, we talked about this Bengals game. Let's let's talk about the rest of the NFL a little bit. I, I do want to bring up, and I think I'm very proud of him, and I think a lot of other Broncos fans are, are super proud of him. Demarius Thomas got had a two-touchdown game. After last week on the podcast, I had, had talked crap about how he hadn't been he got zero points for me when I tried to pick him up in DraftKings. <laughs> and then I don't play him in DraftKings this year. He goes and gets two touchdowns. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's doing well over there in Houston. And Houston is continuing to roll, I think, what's that, nine in a row for them now? Uh, something like that, man. They're, uh, got it here. Yeah, eight in a row. So, eight, yeah. They've got the longest winning streak. No, the Saints are at 10 wins, uh, 10 straight wins, which is pretty outstanding. But uh, the Texans at eight straight wins, man, that's, that's probably the biggest surprise I've seen this year. Right, it's it's one thing to be good; it's the other thing to be good consistently, and they, oh, that's yeah. something that those two guys, those two have. And and if you look at that Texans team, like you have a couple of uh, you know defensive guys, and I've never been a big fan of Deshaun Watson to be honest with you, but I mean they're playing well and they have the talent. It looks like it's just and they're winning these games. It's not like they're winning them by crazy numbers; they're winning them the way that you're supposed to win football games in the NFL by just being the better team. Yeah, they're finding a way to win. Like this week against uh, the Titans, I watched that game, and it was just big run after big run. Uh, Lamar Miller was just playing lights out. Like I was blown away at his talent. Um, you know, he, he's not necessarily as consistent all the time, but he, he had 162 yards and a touchdown. You know, that's off 12, car 12 carries. Sorry, that's huge. Um, he's had another, year, uh, another game this year with 133 yards against the Dolphins. And uh, so, you know, they're pretty, uh, pretty balanced team overall. Like I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, unfortunately, their biggest weakness right now is their offensive line. Deshaun Watson's been sacked 37 times this year, which is a huge amount. However, he still completes 66% of his passes. Um, he's got 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and he's got a rating of above 100 at 101. So, you know, overall, like he's he's playing really well with what he has. If the if this Texans team had an offensive line that was, you know, good, um, they would be, uh, 
you know, they'd be up there for for Super Bowl contender. Um, to that point, though, um, like where we are in the season right now, there's only a few games left. Um, who do you see winning the Super Bowl? Who's your pick? Ooh, winning the Super Bowl. We're going straight to Super Bowl, not right even like AFC and NFC championships. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, this is tough because I, uh, when I watch the NFC, and I hate picking NFC teams to win just because naturally I want to root for AFC teams. And uh, when I watch the NFC, man, there's just such talent over there that it is very, very difficult to go against. And honestly, the way New Orleans is playing right now, mm-hmm. the way Drew Brees has been playing, um, Drew Brees needs it. I think he he deserves it. He's been playing just so well. He's towards the end of his career, and, and that city would just love a Super Bowl. So I'm going to say, I know it's kind of a cop-out because they're definitely number one in the league, but I, th- I think that uh, New Orleans, if New Orleans makes it to the Super Bowl, if they don't somehow melt down in the playoffs if they make it to Super Bowl they they win hands down against any AFC team that can go up against them including the Chiefs and the Rams yeah uh yeah Saints are my pick as well Drew Brees is just you know god he's, he's not human right now like he's got he's completed 76 percent of his passes that's unreal that's insane he's got uh 29 touchdowns to two interceptions two interceptions that's like He's he's having a game of his career, sorry, year of his career this like this uh, this year. It's it's just amazing to watch. Absolutely. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram like they're just playing lights out as they usually are. Alvin Kamara's got eleven rushing touchdowns. He's got five uh, receiving touchdowns. You know, like it, it's it's just a really dynamic offense. Michael Thomas is playing lights out too. He's, he's almost impossible to cover. And then their defense is surprising everyone. Um, across the board, they're they're getting pressure to the quarterback. Uh, really solid tackling. They're they're playing pressure defense. They've got a lot of pass deflections. Like overall, this team is um, is really really fun to watch. And uh, they're my Super Bowl pick as well. Um, I think in the NFC, it's going to come down to. You know, I hate to say it because it's just like the best teams right now, but I just don't see anybody uh, usurping these uh, these teams. But it's going to come down, I think, to uh, to the Rams and the Saints. Like honestly, I don't think any other team is yeah. going to going to beat them. They're going to go to the NFC Championship and then the AFC Championship. I think I personally think it's going to be Kansas City and the Chargers. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, but again, I mean, the AFC is pretty wide open. Like Houston's making ways. Pittsburgh's, you know, has struggled a little bit recently, but they're still uh, still contenders. And then Indianapolis right. is coming up. Like, there's uh, there's a lot of good teams that are coming to this playoff. So, so to this point, then who who do you see as being um, a surprise playoff team? Like, you know, a team that sort of like Buffalo last year that just sneaks in at the last week. You know, Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos is actually a good pick because if we're looking at the uh, the remainder of the schedule right now, like it's it's very winnable. They got the Bengals this week right. and we talked enough about that. The 49ers next week. I mean, the 49ers have been doing okay, but you know, they're still with a, a backup quarterback and they've got some injuries and, you know, they're still trying to find their groove. And then the Browns earlier in the year, we would have thought the Browns would be a wash, but you know, this could be a competitive game. And then the Raiders, you know, so in the next five games here, I mean, they could easily go, you know, four and one, be five and oh, you know, and that could put them in yeah. playoff contention. I, so I would uh, never thought I would ever say that I think the Browns are going to be our toughest game for the rest of the season <laughs> until yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. Who, you know, are, are we living in like a new age right now where the Browns are competitive? <laughs> like it's weird. Right. It's true. It is. And, and I, obviously I'm allowed to be biased because, uh, a, this is our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Uh, but B it's a Broncos podcast. So I'm allowed to be biased in this. But the other thing to, to look for is there are teams, like you said last year, who was it last year that, that snuck into the playoffs there? The, the bills, uh, the bills, um, but there are teams that snuck into the playoffs and made it through. I don't know if you guys remember the Seattle. Obviously, everybody in Broncos country remembers Seattle making it to the Super Bowl and beating us. They were awful going into the Super Bowl. Like they did not have a good record or into the playoffs. They did not have a good record. They came back. The New York Giants, when they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl with the helmet catch, uh, they were going into the playoffs not doing very well. They were an underdog by a yeah. long shot. And they came out and a lot of it was because they're the beginning of the season. They didn't do very well. They made it towards the end of the season. They made up for it and they snuck their way into the playoffs playing the best football of, of the, of their season at the end. And that's the most important thing that you can have is to play the best football at the end of the season. Cause that's when it counts. 
Absolutely. And that's a really good point. You know, I think the Broncos, they are gaining momentum right now and they just need to keep riding this wave and they should do well. Um, for me, you know, I think the Indianapolis Colts might be a team that sneaks into the playoffs. Uh, they're yeah. six and five right now. They've, they're on a five game winning streak, which is also very impressive. Andrew Luck has not been sacked a lot recently. He's throwing really well. Um, Eric Ebron, the surprise uh, rise in Eric Ebron. You know, he didn't do much with the Lions, but this year he's got like 11 or 12 touchdowns. Um, so, you know, these Colts team is really good. The Broncos are getting better. Uh, but it's it's going to be a tough battle because right now the Chargers are holding pretty well at a wild card spot, so there's only really one up for contention, and um, it's going to be a race, man. The Browns aren't out of it either. Like there, there's five games left they could finish at nine, six, and one, and still find a wild card spot for all we know, right? So it's it's a lot that can happen in these next couple games. Right, and and to talk about Indianapolis too, they have a, a decently tough schedule ahead of them. I mean, they still have to play the Texans again. Uh, they played the Jags again, and those those divisional rivalries are always real close. Um, Definitely. Then they play the Cowboys, the Giants, maybe not so much. I'm not even sure what's going on with them this year. And then the Titans again, who are also another team that, you know, I, I feel like the Titans are very similar to us, where they, they have the team, they have a very good team, they just can't figure out how to win games. And uh, I mean, they're five and six too, right? So they're another team that could come out of the of the woodwork if they can figure out how to put their games together. So. I don't know. There's there's just a lot of a lot of disparity in the league. Other than our probably top three teams, you know, we have our uh, our Kansas City, New Orleans, and L.A. Rams. Other than those top three teams that are just dominating their their opponents, I can't really think of too many teams that I wouldn't put against any other of these play. I'd say playoff contention teams, right? Indianapolis, Tennessee, uh, Broncos, Chargers, all these teams that yeah. wouldn't be a good game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be great games all the way around. Um, the the Chicago Bears. What's cool about them, they've only allowed 211 points against this year, which is, uh, you know, the least amount of the league. So they've got a really top defense, you know, especially Khalil Mack in there. So the Bears are... Steal of the century. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the Bears are going to make some noise. The Cowboys are surprising me as of late. Um, Murray Cooper coming in, I think, has made a big difference. Uh, Dak Prescott is, is still Dak Prescott, and they're still very reliant on the run. But their defense has been pretty outstanding. They've only allowed 213 points as well this year. So, you know, their team, they're on a three-game winning streak. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're coming into the playoffs sort of strong. They're getting the momentum. Now, I don't think that they're, they're going to make a huge run. However, I think they, you know, they might make a surprise win in the wild card round. Um, so the Cowboys, they, they've really usurped the Redskins out of the uh, the number one spot in the NFC East and just that heartbreaking injury to Alex Smith. Um, you know, I, I feel really bad for Washington's season just because of, of that injury. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the year, uh, how the rest of the year pans out. But uh, right now, it's like you said, there's three dominant teams and a lot that can happen uh, below those three teams. So really exciting football right now. So in the NFC, I want to I want to take back my NFC. I, you know, I love the Rams, and I think they're still going to make it. But I didn't know. So Chicago's eight and three. Yeah, uh, their losses came pretty early in the season. One against the Patriots, and all of their losses came in last minute last minute scores. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky is playing so well. He's got twenty touchdowns and a quarterback. He's got, a, I guess, a pretty low quarterback rating, but he's got two thousand, almost twenty five hundred yards. Uh, their running backs are, are running the ball very well, and they're controlling the clock well. Um, they're third in points for, yeah, in, in the league. Surprising, that's crazy. I mean, they're they're doing yeah. very very well this year, and then obviously their defense is just shutting shutting teams down. Um, and and they have a tough schedule coming up, right? So I think a big game to watch. It's not this week, but it's the week after. Is when they play the Rams. Oh, they're going to play the Rams. It's it's a night game. Uh, I don't know if it's a Monday or Sunday night game, but they play in two weeks. They play the Rams, and I think that might be an NFC Championship preview. It could be. It could very well be that. Um, the, the Bears are a very stout team. Trubisky, is, he surprised me quite a bit. Last year, he seemed a little bit shaky. I didn't know how well he'd do, but no, they're um, they a really good team. I think they're they're under the radar right now. I sort of like the Chargers, how the Chargers are under the radar. Nobody's really talking about them as being uh, strong competitors, but 
man, at eight and three, they're in a really good position because, like, you know, yeah. they they had that tight loss to the Broncos, but otherwise, it's you know, forty five ten against the Cardinals. Um, who else? They they beat the, the Browns thirty eight fourteen. They uh, they lost to the Rams as well, and they lost to the Chiefs. So here's a team that's lost to the two other best teams in the league, um, and then the Broncos and and so three other best teams, the three, three other, other best, best teams, teams. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Um, so the the Chargers are you know they're under the radar. The Bears are under the radar. And uh, yeah, this Bears and Rams game will be uh, really cool to watch, especially that's in yeah. Chicago too. I think it'll, it'll give them the advantage. But it's uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's really that's, exciting. That's football. a typical. That's a very typical offense versus defense game too, and I think that's just going to be. It's going to be, a, and that, that's why I think that the Bears are going to do so well in that NFC that is just so high powered offense. And yeah, uh, you know, you guys, you have the the Rams and the the the, um, the Saints, both in the NFC with super high powered offenses. So. I don't know. I think the Chicago Bears defense might be able to pull it off and and, and get there, but I guess we'll I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, for sure. Who's um who's a team right now? Do you see that that's really good right now, but you don't see them making it uh, deep in the playoffs? Team that's playing very well right now, not making it to the playoffs. Or if they make it to the playoffs, like the, you know they're not making the Super Bowl. They just there's something lacking. Um. I'm gonna have to think about who who do who do you think? Do you have anybody in mind? Yeah, I I'm actually picking the Chiefs for this one. Now wow. I'm a huge Patrick Mahomes fan, as probably everybody right. knows. I'm you know we we're gonna get you a poster. Yes, yes, you are. Um, I hope I'm I'm waiting for it still. Um, but you okay. know they they're playing really well. However, their defense is just so suspect that I just you know like. This last week, uh, two weeks ago, when they played the Rams, which is probably the game of the year. For whoever watched the Chiefs versus the Rams, that was just an outstanding game. Just such so much fun to watch, so back and forth. Uh, but, you know, they still allowed 54 points, right? And it's not the first time they've allowed a lot of points. Uh, you know, they, it's it's just been, you know, they allowed 43 against the Pats. They, they, they've allowed 27 against the 49ers. Uh, you know, it's... 37 against the Steelers, so it's it's a defense that's struggling a little bit, and I just think that that's going to catch up to them in the playoffs um, this year. I think you know in the few years to come after that, the Chiefs will be something to, to contend with. But as much as I like this team, I just don't see them making it to the Super Bowl just this year because the defense is so suspect. Yeah, uh, that's whew, that's a huge take. I mean. Yeah, that that defense is suspect, but I mean, Andy Reid, you the can't count him and his so offense good. out. I mean, look at their their points for. They're the only team with four. No, one of two teams with four hundred points for, and the other team are the Saints. Um, Saints at four hundred nine points for, and the 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 Chiefs are at four hundred four. So their offenses are just you know, it's it's just like you know, it's a textbook. It's a clinic on how to run an offense. Um, right. But defense wins championships. And at the end of the day, I don't think the Chiefs have the defense to really do that. So therefore, I don't think they're going to make it to uh, to the to the Super Bowl. Whereas, you know, maybe a lot of people think they will. Um, that's why I think a, a team like the Saints, who's been playing pretty solid defense, and like the Bears, might have a good chance too. But for the Chiefs, I don't think it's going to be uh, this year for them. Yeah. So I was just looking at you know you asked me this question, so I, I looked up who, who's the top seeds and all that, and all these top seeds. Or there's no way they're falling. Um, but I, I could see, you know, first round of the playoffs or second round of the playoffs. Chiefs are going to get a first round bye. Second yep. round of the playoffs, I could definitely see them struggling to uh, to beat whoever makes it up, especially if it's an up and coming team and mm-hmm. not one that's been at the top the whole time. It's really mm-hmm. difficult to stay that way. Um, you know, I'm I'm probably going to say the Cowboys. I'm going to yeah. say the Cowboys are not going to be able to hold what they have, and if they do make it to the playoffs, I think they're going to be out in the first round. I just don't think they have the full quality team that they want or that they need to be able to contend with some of these playoff teams and they have a pretty easy schedule going into it uh other i mean they play new orleans this week so that's going to be a wash for them but um then they play philly indy tampa bay and new york so uh, those are those are very easily winnable games i think that they're going to probably get the four seed if not the three seed in the nfc but I think that uh, once they get into the to the the playoffs and all of the bandwagon guys come out, they'll be gone as soon as that that whistle ends in the fourth quarter. You'll see them disappear again. Mm. I just don't I just don't see them being able to keep up with the the high powered offenses that you have in the NFC. Yeah, I, I like that pick too. Um, these next games, like you said, the Saints. I mean, I'm picking the Saints to win that one. The Eagles. The Eagles are very disappointing this year. It's you know it's really sad to see what's going on there. A lot of injuries. Um, but, you know, Cowboys can win that one. I think the Colts have an advantage against them, too. 
Um, and then, you know, Bucks and Giants, these are teams that are going to be playing spoilers. So I could see the Giants actually coming out and winning this last game of the season. So the thing is, you know, if the Cowboys could easily go 8-8 eight and eight again. You know, here's an example of another team that just has – the same coach for a little bit too long with Jason Garrett. Oh yeah, Jason Garrett. Um, yeah. The thing with Jason, well, the thing with the Cowboys, right, is Jerry Jones. Now, like we, you know, oh, yeah. we're almost done a recording here, but Jerry Jones, I could do a whole episode on him. Like this guy <laughs> needs to delegate the work to professionals. Like if he could play quarterback, I'm sure he would. But the thing with Jason Garrett is, I just don't see the sort of tailbone and the decision making power that you need out of a head coach. I think he's just really good at following what Jerry Jones wants him to do. Um, and I think that's what's been limiting the Cowboys for so long. Uh, they're just not, they don't have that sort of spark they used to have. And Jerry's just sort of like Al Davis, you know, rest in peace. But towards the end of his career, he was making some very questionable decisions like uh, yeah. Jamarcus Russell and Darius Hayward Bay and Darren McFadden and, and just how to run this team and the coaching decisions. It's just at some point you need to have somebody who's just, more current, we'll say, within the league. And, um, yeah, I think the Cowboys are just in a, in a tough position there. But uh, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to make it very deep in the playoffs. Yep. Well, everybody knows the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Right, and, right, of course. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to start that. We're going to start the parade. You know, I'll just start planning the parade now, if you don't mind. Yeah, go, gonna, for it, um, go for yeah, it, Go for it. Yeah, I'll start that out now. It'll start here in San Diego from my house and go probably two blocks down as, as far as I can get stumbling. <laughs> <laughs> that's very humble but, i like that yeah yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see um but th- thanks everybody for listening in uh this is wrapping up the podcast here so thank you guys so much for listening in uh we really appreciate you guys support please make sure you guys tell your friends we have multiple other thing orange weekly brings you something every week and i think last week on the podcast uh, the post-game podcast uh jay was on it with tanner and jay said something i really liked we're basically espn for broncos related stuff <laughs> so um, wow what an honor. let's go ahead and keep that up yeah just go ahead and uh, uh like our facebook page make sure you guys follow us um we got twitter and instagram and uh all the other great things you can follow us on social media and uh interact with us that's what we like to do that's what we like to hear from you guys and see what you guys are thinking so we could talk about stuff that you want to hear not just here to talk or talk to ourselves we want to hear what you guys want to hear so we could talk about it so please go on make sure you guys like us make sure you guys tell your friends uh matt before we go out do you have any parting words you know i think broncos are gonna come in and have a big win this week so go broncos that's all i gotta say go broncos that's what i'm talking about all right guys thanks again for listening in have a good one and one last time, Matt, let's do it. Go Broncos. Boys, man. I'm rocking